It's World Bicycle Day on Saturday the 3rd of June, and to celebrate, we've put together this short podcast. There is a significant cycling contingent at Bryson Myers, and I'm joined by two of their number today, Andy Tui and Tim Lucas. Welcome to you both. Andy, tell us a little bit about the history of cycling at Price and Myers. Well, uh, I started at Price and Myers in 1996, uh, and right from the start, uh, both, both Robert and Sam were cycling every day, as far as I could tell. Often, you know, uh, riding off to a meeting, trailing behind Sam's bike, um, hearing Sam complain about other people in the office and how much faster their bikes were and how they had clever gears and things like that, and he didn't. Um, and uh, Tim here remembers Robert's. Robert's slightly eccentric bike. Robert had this enormous motorcycle top box on his bike, which which took up you know, a significant amount of space on the back and put his suitcase out of it, suitcase briefcase out of it. Um, but yeah, slightly distinctive bike and sort of locked up outside the office and the railings. It sounds slightly lopsided, but <laughs> a lot of weight hanging off the back. Yeah, um, but but even from the start, then uh, you know, Price and Myers had good facilities for storing your bike, storing your stuff, having a shower, that kind of stuff, which just wasn't wasn't the norm at all at the time, uh, and really just makes it so much easier. And obviously now it's completely a standard requirement of any new development. Yeah, that's um, that's enormously progressive for the time. Mm. Um, and so there was a cycling club established? Yeah, I mean, you know, cy- cycling kind of boomed in its popularity, didn't it? Um, I don't know, in the 2010-ish, kind of sort of around that period. And... Uh, um, you know, at that point, lots of people started cycling at PNM, and we we kind of put a club together, which encompasses a wide range of, of people from from sort of hardcore time trialists uh, down to just the rest of us wanting to know whether we can get an Allen key off somebody or where the bike pump's gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you've both just returned from the Price and Myers Cycling Club tour of the Benelux nations. Uh, Tim, tell us a little bit about uh, about that. That was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, that's um, something that we started doing four or five years ago. I think we worked out as trip number six, yeah. which is quite impressive. Uh, and Andy actually instigated it. Um, I think you originally did a tour of World War One cemeteries. Um, yeah, well, it was 2016, the first one, and it was me and Peter Dash and another friend. Uh, and it was actually the 100th anniversary of the Battle of the Somme, where my uh, great uncle died. And we, we rode out there for November the 11th um, to the to the graveyard where his name's written on the wall um, and it was appropriately awful weather in November as you can imagine going through the low countries uh, but it was uh, just showed you how kind of easy it is actually and, and also you know gives you an, a, the beginning of an inkling of how much nicer it is to ride over there than here yeah and so what was the route Tim and, and how many went along with you on this one um, we went or we went down to Dover the night before because it was a train strike so uh, stayed in a travel lodge with bikes stuffed in bedrooms and stuff. Um, they gave and us all of room 101 to put our bikes in. <laughs> 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 they were very pleased to put us in there. Um, and then uh, got the early ferry over to Dunkirk from Dover and uh, into, got out into uh, a rainy, grim, blizzardy, it was quite windy as well. Uh, lots of trucks driving off the ferry, but you know, as soon as we got off that road, it was fine. We were on sort of fairly quiet streets and, and bike paths. Rode up through into Belgium, uh, had lunch um, in just just before the Belgian border, and then took Courtrike in the evening. So it's actually a three day three day trip. So stayed over in Courtrike, lovely dinner out with everyone. About twelve of us, there were twelve of us, um, mainly yeah, all PNM people. Some ex PNM people came to join, which was lovely. 
Um, and then the next day we went up to Antwerp through Ghent, which was much finer weather. Um, really just following canals and railway lines, um, it's all very flat in Belgium. But we did, we did do some of the bergs, which are these famous small hills that Belgium has, which are, which are, which are cobbled. And um, the Belgian cycling calendar is dominated by what's called the classics. So there's various races that happen around Easter time, sort of from about March onwards. And uh, so we went up the Paterberg and the Koppenberg, and they're basically their farm tracks, but, but they become very famous for short periods of the year. Um, it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> famous, story, famous photos of cyclists being run over by press cars following oh, the race and yeah. all this stuff. Um, and then yeah, down to Antwerp, um, which was great actually, a really interesting city, um, looking around, interesting buildings and bridges. I mean, this is, you see so much, I think, when you travel through a country on a bicycle, um, and you, you kind of appreciate the, geom- the geometry, the geography of the built of the geometry of the building, the geography of the country. You know, the the, the valleys, the hills, you know, where you are, um, where you are relative to water, um, things like that. So. That was really kind of apparent, and then, and then the last day on the Sunday, we went up to Hook of Holland, through yeah, through the Netherlands, northern Belgium, and the Netherlands to the ferry, overnight ferry, and then uh, back to Harwich, which is in Essex, um, into the office on Monday morning. It was a nice, nice conclusion to a long weekend. We're definitely uh, engineers on tour, though. When we go, there's lots of stopping to look at bridges, multiple, <laughs> multiple lifting bridges, which. Uh, which Tim, Tim got sort of ribbed slightly about how none of them seem to roll. So, <laughs> you know, lots of other interesting buildings as well, lovely old buildings. And just interesting to see the different ways kind of the urban fabric is in, in different countries, you know. Yeah. I love that you managed to slip in a plug for Cody Dock rolling bridge in that, uh, in that particular uh, context as well. Um, so you were both partners at this practice, and, and I know that Pete Dash was on the tour as well. Do you, do you sort of lead, or you know, what's the sort of the, how does the team come together on on cycling day? I think it, it needs a little bit of a push to get it to happen. But then, what I mo- one of the things I enjoy most about it is being able to sit back actually, and it's not because I'm at the back naturally, <laughs> speed wise, <laughs> although I am. Um, it's just really nice to let everyone do what they want to do, and there are people who are very good at choosing routes, and uh, you know finding restaurants and finding cafes and things like that and it, it's, um, it's just really nice to, to sit back and let everyone um, you know, not, not be the leader all the time. So you don't sort of start off with a strict itinerary for every day? Well the routes are pretty fixed yeah. um, but it's not fixed by us, you know, it's fixed by, by somebody selecting routes using um, various apps um, beforehand so we, we definitely know where we're going and where we're having coffee and everything but uh, that's been chosen by other people doing research and so on. Excellent, excellent. Is everyone in the practice invited to come along? Yeah, yeah, and we had a couple of people I think this time who'd really never cycled. I mean, each day was about 120 kilometres each, mm. and there were a couple of people who'd never ridden that far in a day before. Um, some people who'd only just bought their bikes a couple of weeks before, you know. So it's really nice because, you know, sometimes these cycling clubs and things are very competitive and it's all about leaving people behind, actually, but this is. <laughs> The opposite of that. Right. Sure we don't leave anyone behind, um, and so it's it's really nice to kind of include people and show people what you can do because really cycling at this kind of pace over fairly flat countryside, if you eat enough bananas and go at a steady pace, you're going to be okay. Um, what other tours have you done in the past? What are the locations? Um, mainly Benelux in northern France. We did Normandy beaches one year. Came back by Saint Malo. 
You did a Wales one, I didn't go on that one. There's one we, we, did we tried to keep it kind of in the UK one year and went up to uh, Bangor in North Wales and went sort of diagonally down through Wales to sort of Newport. Um, the of the <laughs> it was quite interesting, but it, yeah, it didn't make you want to do another one through Wales, to be honest. <laughs> it was very, very hilly and quite hard to find anywhere to have lunch. <laughs> and global pandemics aside, they're an annual event? Yeah, I mean, it took a bit of... Um, it took a bit of getting going again, I think, didn't it? Uh, you know, we had this tour that we've just been on was all lined up for 2020, I think, for May 2020. <laughs> I remember when the pandemic started thinking, oh, it might still be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned into a bigger thing. Um, uh, so then we tried, we tried to kind of restart it, I think, in 2022, and it didn't quite get very much traction. So it ended up with me and Tim and Pete going around the Isle of Wight for a weekend, um, which was very enjoyable too. That was great. Sorry, we all slept in. Yeah, we're but trying to keep it economical, so we uh, uh, went to a sort of uh, allegedly glamping uh, place to camp for the night. It's essentially a garden shed with three partners in it. Why not? in the middle. <laughs> um, and I understand, of course, I'm also in the room here with two minor cycling celebrities that you've both uh, you've been photographed in, in live and in action. Um, Tim, uh, tell us about how you found yourself. Someone sent me an email saying, is this you? And it was one of those cycling stock photos of a cyclist in London with a the, with the tube station in the background. I'm like, oh, that's me. That's, that's. It was taken down near Kingsway. That's, that's on my uh, trusty Dutch bike with my orange jacket on, so I must have looked like an <laughs> urban cyclist and nothing, no light were in sight. <laughs> um, it's funny, it's out there in the world, there's a piece of, piece of cycling stock. <laughs> and what about you, Andy? Oh, well, I was on the front cover of the Evening Standard once, uh, uh, slightly by accident. Um, back in the late 90s, I think, when they, there was a thing called Reclaim the Streets, which some people might remember, which was essentially cyclists getting together in the mornings and evenings and uh, in grouping together kind of in places like Clapham Common and then riding really slowly into the centre of town slightly to be annoying and to make the point that there weren't very many cycling facilities back then um, and you sort of congregated in Trafalgar Square and then everyone got really annoyed with you uh, or even more annoyed with you um, and uh, yeah we were photographed there and I ended up having a, being shown this picture with me <laughs> me on the front page of the <laughs> Evening Standard um, yeah I mean it, Thinking back to that makes you realise actually that things have changed quite a lot for the better since then, in terms of facilities. Yeah, I mean, I rode to the boat this morning, the 20, did a very ambling route, and just as I was only we were doing this today, and thought about when I first started again in '96, quite some miles. I used to commute in from my dad's house, which was in sort of northern Surrey, and uh, it was like pretty hairy going along the embankment. Uh, you know. It was, basically city boys in their Porsches and yeah. on my bike and, uh, and it's changed absolutely both in terms of you can actually get I can get to work almost without going on the road and I live in West London thank you um, but also you're just much more amongst other cyclists now and you're, you, you feel like you, know, if you're, you, know, you can be really with the, within the bunch as it were and, yeah. um, and, and you know, you'd be all kind of look out for each other and there's a sort of certain camaraderie of um, being in it together something so yeah and, that, and that's 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 changed as well because actually when I started but most cyclists in the city were hardcore kind of couriers who were sort of tattooed to their eyeballs and yeah I mean that that sort of uh, 
them and us kind of thing, the, the clans within cycling is, is what sort of needs to be broken down, doesn't it? Because if the drivers all think they're not cyclists and the cyclists all think they're not drivers, then that's where you get kind of uh, aggro. Um, but, you know, as in you find in Holland and Belgium and things, you know, the person cycling is as likely to be a, a granny as it is to be a child or a, um, an adult and a driver and, a, you know, everyone's everyone. Yeah, um, that's much more inclusive. I think that makes it, you know, you care more about people when they're like you, don't you, sort of thing. So, they, you know, it's a, it's a much less kind of combative arrangement. I remember um, there's always a story about Max Fordham because he was a great cyclist as well, wasn't he? He was. And uh, apparently referred to the whole process as being a kind of gladiatorial environment when he went out cycling. Um, and happily, it's a bit less like that now. And I think the more that it becomes less like that, the more normal people do it and it becomes less about, you know, a cycling clan and a driving clan or, and, and it's just people. Yeah. We're all just trying to get to work or get home safely, that's it. Are there, are there any sort of policy changes that you would recommend either of you or is it just a matter of gradually letting the culture shift that we do become more, ever more sort of in that continental style of the way that we, we treat cyclists? I mean, it's, it's separated lanes, isn't it? Mm. You know... You know, for a time I thought the kind of uh, little bit of paint on the road was a pretty good thing, but the more that you, when you start getting onto places where there's a separate lane, it's a different it's a different world altogether. Because the bits of paint you're sharing those with taxis, motorbikes, and buses, and you know, it's not it's not wholly uh, that's not wholly a good think, idea. Yeah, I think the 20 mile an hour speed limit that you get in most of London now is 20 miles an hour. So you know, you can cycle reasonably okay at 20 miles an hour I mean it's mm. a bit sweaty but um, yeah so you can actually be at the speed of the traffic uh, legitimately and they ought not to be overtaking you if you're going at that kind of speed so I think that helps a great deal everyone sort of slowed down a bit and the whole kind of traffic control has changed a lot and, yeah, and since we've started working I think it's mm. more sedate and there's more you know, congestion charging actually I do feel the air is getting a bit cleaner mm. as well I don't know I mean it was, you know, it used to be sooty, you know, smoke coming out the back of taxis and buses, and they're all electric now. And, you know, it's it's actually healthier, I think. Um, still not perfect, but yeah. getting there. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. I can remember a time when um, golf days were very much the done thing for corporate um, and client entertainment, and, and Price and Mice has never been a golf day type kind of practice as it but um there are golfers there are golfers no i know i know this to be true (laughs) i know this to be true but the hern hill um velodrome day that we we uh host uh regularly has been going for a number of years too so tell us a little bit about how that came to pass and and you know what the purpose of that sort of day is for people i think that was just some of us wanting to have a bit of fun wasn't it and and discovering that you could hire these places we actually did it at the olympic velodrome shortly after the olympics when we discovered you could hire that one um, while that's kind of exciting they're also quite precious with it understandably so so it's a bit more controlled whereas at Hern Hill you get to have a bit more fun yeah that's absolutely it various drills and there's all sorts of games you play about chasing each other and overtaking yeah. in the right way and well, of course not stopping pedalling because their bike's completely fixed gear so fixed gear and no brakes they come past you and they say don't stop pedalling <laughs> <laughs> keep pedalling <laughs> Um, a few crashes, Pete broke his arm. Only one hospital <laughs> occasion, yeah. Broke his elbow, so it's his elbow. It's elbow. very particular. Um, but I, mean, you know, I suppose we just all knew people uh, outside the practice who were cyclists as well. 
So, so we set a thing up where anyone in our practice could come along for the afternoon if they invited someone from outside the practice. So, and then we have a barbecue afterwards and things, and it's very social. Yeah, social fair. We've been pretty lucky with weather as well. Because you can go on these corporate events, and it's a hundred kilometre bike ride, and you really you lose track of people. You lose track of people, and they they only have a barbecue at the end, but it, it yeah. can be a bit more separate. I think because we're taking turns riding around the track. There's the bits in between where you can. Share stories and that. How is that? And, you know, yeah. Close, close shave with you know, someone on the inside or something. I mean, it has become very much like golf, though, hasn't it? Like, uh, see an awful lot of people. It's uh, you know an awful lot of focus on the kit and the gear and the bike and how much it weighs and all this sort of stuff. Which, um, yeah, want to make sure that's not the focus. But I think cycling is ever more inclusive, isn't it? I mean, golf golf is actually an expensive and difficult and relatively... I mean, I know a lot of people play it, but, you know, there's a certain... If you're playing on a golf day, there's a certain standard that is demanded of you. Whereas it's cycling, and I know at Herne Hill, they provide all the kit as well, don't they? Yeah. So you can, so long as you can ride a bike and get, trainers get going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, no, that's all that's needed, really. Um, you know, obviously when we do those events, there are some guys who are pretty strong... Uh, and then there are others who are not so much, but you know they're they're pretty sensitive to it. The guys who run it down there, so they kind of split into groups and things, and I think everyone has a good time. Um, World Bicycle Day is Saturday, the third of June. Um, you know, why is it important to celebrate and promote cycling? Oh, I don't know. You know, just ever since I almost thought it was a kind of revelation slightly when I was started working and, and realised that instead of kind of squeezing myself onto the tube. I mean, I lived in South London at the time, and coming in on the Northern Line from South London is still, I don't think, uh, anyone's idea of fun. Um, to, to discover that there's a way in which you can save money, get healthier, and you know, see see the city a bit as well, understand the place that you live in, um, was just kind of revelation. Really, it's it's, uh, yeah. it's the only way really to get around in a city. I can't I can't understand why uh, anyone would resist it. That's one of my greatest joys, finding bits of London I don't know by randomly turning left when I don't normally turn left or following someone who looks like they know where they're going and discovering a, a new route through sort of back streets of wherever I'm going. So it's a, I think knowing your city and knowing it beyond like the nodes around tube stations or even like, you know, the main bike routes is, is, is really fantastic. And actually this morning that's what I did actually. Completely unique route I've never ridden before just by you know, randomly turning and just... Uh, yeah, wanting a bit of a longer ride and clear my head a bit and stuff so it was yeah the only thing that really gives you the chance to do that really um, and yeah, walking takes too long to, you know, to walk in that time driving would just be completely ridiculous mm. and I think we're really lucky that London has changed so much I know other cities have cycling infrastructure but I think London you know, stands apart from you know, from the investment that's happened in the last 20 years it's really yeah. possible but it's still really controversial, isn't it? I mean, the, the fifteen-minute city thing—is uh, it in Oxford where I mean people are going slightly off the rails, aren't they, about mm. about it? And it's change, isn't it? No one likes change, and people are very wedded to their cars. Um, well, so I don't know how you know, it's going to have to be a gentle and slow process. But it would be wonderful if we could get to somewhere like France or Belgium or Holland. Mm. I think the outrage around the 15-minute city is slightly confected, but that might be the subject for another podcast <laughs> at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, Price and Myers, like a lot of um, companies in big cities these days, very, very um, concerned about um, the well-being um, of the people who work here. 
uh, you know, lots of different initiatives that have been sort of rolled out in this practice, even in the time that I've been here over the last three years. Um, you know, I'm not a cyclist myself, but I very much get the sense that cycling is a wonderful thing for your sort of mental health and that, you know, it affords you a break um, from the, you know, the hustle and bustle of working and family life. Is that the way you guys see it? Yeah, something like it. Just sort of, you know, disconnecting from work on the way home or you know, thinking about a problem on the way in or something you've got to, you've got to address. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, I find it quite mindful because you're sort of cycling along, you're, you're feeling the bike, you're feeling the road surface, there's lots of kind of cobbled views you can find and, you know, different, you know, the, you're very much in touch with, I think, where you are and, you know, potholes and smooth tarmac, but you kind of really appreciate different different sensations I think and yeah it's a physical kind of experience isn't it which um, y- you know you kind of you've woken up you've got ready you, you leave home and you have this kind of physical exertion this experience uh, which where you can kind of clear your head a bit and then it's work and then obviously we, we've both been through having kind of young families and so on and you know often leaving work was just going to a different kind of you know quite intense experience as well so having that kind of uh, quiet period where, where you were doing this kind of physical thing you know, the skillful physical thing that clears your head. Yeah, and you can choose how hard you want to go. So you can just have a shower at home, just amble in, or you can, you know, you go for it, go on one of the races. You know, I mean, the South Bank, not the South Bank, the um, well, the North Bank of the Thames from from Putney to Parliament Square in the morning and in the evening is just a complete racetrack so you can go down there and, and ride with other people on their expensive bikes and you know race along or you can just go through Hyde Park or Regent's Park or you know, whichever direction you're going it's quite a nice sensation of um, wind direction as well you know the pervading wind for me is normally in my face on the way home but that's all right and it's somewhat back on the way in and I used to live in East London that it was the opposite way around then so you, you do it does make you you know appreciate the your location in the world and your and the light as well. Yeah. The whole of the winter you're cycling in the dark. Yeah. In the summer you're cycling in the light. It's just it, it, appreciating and being mindful of the changing year is much, yeah. much easier on a bike. Of course, cycling to work is only part of the, the challenge. Once you actually get here and you've got to get ready for your working day, you've got to get organised. What sort of facilities do we have at Price and Myers? Uh, well, as I said, we've always had quite good facilities at P&M. For this because it, it came from the founding partners you know um but at the moment there's a there's a very big indoor bike store and several showers and lockers and all that sort of stuff um and we've got a cycle to work scheme that we um uh, have organized which allows people to purchase new bikes and equipment really economically so you know we do what we can to encourage all of our staff to ride really i remember during the pandemic we were to help people as well weren't we? when people were nervous about public transport we were trying to buddy people up with people who cycled in from near them so that we could you know if they were worried about what the best route to take was and the traffic and things like that so yeah we do what we can to encourage everyone okay well thank you both very much for your time today gentlemen um, as i mentioned earlier it is world bicycle day on saturday the 3rd of june so if you're a cyclist and you're celebrating we hope that you have a great day or you had a great day if you're listening to this after the after the event um, and we will see you out on the road or out on the track thanks chris thanks chris